Welcome to Ticket Bud Tidbits. This is your host, Lisa Carson. In today's podcast, I talk to Berenice Guzman, who is an event organiser for Austin City Limits Radio's summer concert series, Blues on the Green. Bernice is a marketing coordinator for MS Austin Radio with experience in sales, promotions and events. In the episode, Bernice talks about what goes into coordinating a large-scale free concert series. We discuss the key costs involved in terms of infrastructure and production, as well as details for planning and logistics. Bernice gives a great overview for sponsorships for this type of event and specific information about managing multiple sponsors and sponsor packages, including brand activations. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Ticket Bud Tidbits podcast, Bernice. Today we're chatting about Blues on the Green, hosted by Austin City Limits Radio. This is Austin's largest free concert series and a local summer tradition. Back for its 29th season, the outdoor evening event invites music lovers to Austin Zilker Park to enjoy a family and pet-friendly night of homegrown music. Can you describe the event for someone who's never attended, like myself, uh, and what the experience and atmosphere is? Absolutely. So in the center of Austin, we have this really beautiful large park called Zilker Park. Um, It's the home of Barton Springs, where we have this wonderful natural spring that's, I think it's like 72 degrees all year round. It's really lovely, but it has a very wide open part to it. And uh, we do a free concert series there four times throughout the summer, about a month apart each. We have a local musician, at least a Texan musician, come on, and uh, perform for people for free. This is our 29th season. Uh, we've seen anywhere from 25,000 people to a show to last year our largest was 100,000 people. Oh, wow. So it's, it's definitely a pretty great tradition. We're happy that it's gotten this big. And it's got like uh, like food vendors and things like yes. that there. And, okay. Yes, absolutely. We I think this year we have nineteen food vendors, okay. food and drink. So you can go and put a picnic blank down and get some yeah. snacks and drinks. And yes, and, and you can bring your own too if you okay. make a sandwich or have like a charcuterie board you want to bring. That's absolutely okay. cool too. Yes. So who's performing at the next event? Uh, we have Ben Queller and Kamala's Movies. So so what sort of music is that? Alternative, but more on the acoustic side. Fun. Kamala's Movies will be a great time. Lots of upbeat songs. It'll be it'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. What are some of the key considerations for having like an all ages family friendly event? Mostly just having enough. Uh, we do have ADA compliance, so if if someone is um, if you can't walk, we have special parking for you there for families. Uh, we try and be accommodating with restrooms, and there's a, l- a lot of restrooms to go around, although it's okay. it's been a little more complicated as we keep growing, but uh, just access to that. Lots of food and water. We have free water, and it's nice ice cold. And um, HEB has been our presenting sponsor now for a while. They provide free ice, so just bring your cooler, and, and oh, they'll fill nice. you up. It's really convenient. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So can you tell us a little about your role in making this event happen? Absolutely. So I am marketing coordinator for MS Austin Radio. So I coordinate with eight stations. So Blues on the Green is a part of the overall thing. With Blues, I am the one who coordinates all of the maps that you see and the maps that you don't. So I do the vendor maps that um, are on our website and for our vendors to use that are a little bit more uh, friendly to the eye. And then there's one that looks like a, a blueprint basically for our production company, event production services. They utilize that, that has all of our needs, like where our propane goes, where um, extra extra fire extinguishers need to go. And then we also have the traffic map for not just people attending with TicketBud, but um, on our website as well through the city. 
tells them where they need to go. Nice. So what are some of the main costs that need to be considered for an event like this? Oh my goodness. Because I'm like, there's like <laughs> artist fees, production costs, infrastructure. Uh, there is. There is a, a large chunk of money goes to our production company that we associate with. They are the brawn behind everything. So they have the stage. This past uh, Blues was the first time we had a screen. They helped that make that happen. Oh, nice. um, they're the ones who bring the actual tents that you see there and they hang up all of our signage for us even though we order that through acl radio there's also there is the artist but you'd be surprised it's actually not as much money as one would think we keep it pretty low because it's more of a a tradition rather than a uh a a big flourish of money they don't get paid handsomely to be there they they're there because they love austin experience okay yeah and the city and uh, for parking primarily they they give us the park itself for free if we maintain it below a certain amount of people (laughs) and then of course client activations okay so infrastructure is a really important element uh, to be considered for any outdoor event if you have to bring everything in the expenses can add up really fast what are some of the common infrastructure costs that event organizers need to think about for an outdoor event if you aren't relying on the police yeah okay you're gonna have to have some security we hire a private security company we do have a hospitality zone and then to protect backstage and our artists we Mm -hmm. hire people for that we also have people uh guarding the roads around zilker so we don't just have anybody driving in um so there's that um also stages are expensive and speakers are expensive and uh, a common complaint is that you can't hear that far back and in order for us to send a relay back that far that's a considerable amount of money too per show and screens are very expensive so all of that if you want to ask yourself what kind of event and what scale you want to have it at. Those are big, big and questions. Or lots of like any structures or tents or anything mm-hmm. that you want to bring in. Or like yeah. you're saying, enough toilets. And, yeah, and yeah. manpower. Yeah. I, on our ACL radio site alone, we have about 10 PCs that are there, but that doesn't include EPS and, and their people. And I think they have about a staff of 40, 50 people that are there. And, and all of those people have to get paid too. And yeah. And it's not like it goes up in two hours. <laughs> no, no. So hosting a concert series uh, clearly has a lot of costs involved. How do you maintain um, it as a free event? Is uh, charging for parking, for example, one of the ways to help keep it a free event? Absolutely. Uh, we don't profit off of blues. We don't really make any money. Uh, parking has been one of the ways. So we are still renting those lots from the city. So even then, that parking has never been free. It was just once provided by the city. Okay. And now they've been kind enough to let us rent it so we can make some sort of a profit yeah. off of that with the help of Ticketbud, which they've been an awesome partner and we couldn't ask for anything better. Um, also clients, uh, we have different tiers and this year is actually, I think our first year that we've maxed out on platinum clients. So that's really, really awesome platinum sponsors. So all of that does help more towards the cost of their activation more so than going in our pocket yeah yeah and there's more than what you see out on blues they also do radio spots with us and they have social that they pay for so none of that really falls back in our pockets okay so when planning like a paid versus a free event what are some of the additional considerations and costs that you'd have to look at if it was a paid event so if it was a paid event we'd have to gate it in and and that 
gating in Zilker is no small task. It's a really large park. <laughs> and then they, we'd have to have more road closures because we would be gating it in. And uh, then you have to hire security for all of that gating in and people checking IDs. And the reason why we don't sell alcohol at Blues on the Green, we have it available for free for our clients and hospitality. It's because hospitality is gated in. Yeah. If we were to sell it, we'd have to start looking at IDs at the door or yeah. having bartenders look at IDs and, and, and close it in. And there's then at that point we'd have to start paying the city so that we wouldn't get Zilker for free. Okay. So all of that, yeah, keeping it free is super important. Okay. So what are some of the key production considerations for a concert series? So uh, you were talking about site maps, but I'm sure there's like performer schedules and technical equipment and lots of different things. Yes, and every artist is different. So getting their technical equipment, relaying that to EPS, uh, making sure that they have that, that we didn't forget anything, Um, We have a trailer for the artists that they get to use and a really nice bathroom for them, coordinating times. And uh, it's been so sad because there's a ton of really great Austin artists and everybody's like, why don't they play blues on the green? Uh, Well, either the days didn't work because it's really hard to line up up on a Wednesday, most of all. And, And half the time, these great artists are out touring and they're trying to get their name out so there's that um there's coordinating with our clients to make sure that they know the days that they've hired enough people that they have everything that they need in terms of lighting requirements gas if they realize you can't make the food on site that you have to make it off site bring it in from a facility and then um another thing i do is coordinate the health permits I talk with the city, and, and there's just a lot of behind-the-scenes work that, that has to kind of align. Yeah. I was going to ask about that, like what sort of coordination needs to happen with city officials and planning, like managing traffic and health and safety permits, that sort oh, of stuff. that whole thing. All yeah. of it, so All much. All of too. that, okay. uh, yes. Uh, does that take a lot of time? It does, uh, and uh, we do start... It used to be we'd have to kind of start initially, like right as the season would end we'd start but luckily it's kind of been we have it down to sort of a a science where people take this you take this you take this and this is our I think second year with the team that we have so we're solidified from last year that we were able to start a little later this year in terms of planning because we had a solid plan but I think we did start probably around November okay for this so it's a long long way yes yeah yeah, which is probably advisable. <laughs> so what is on your do not forget list when planning an event? So, oh my gosh. I'm like, mine is always like access to water, toilets, and toilet paper. <laughs> I've, I've been to so many events where they run out of toilet paper. That's a big one. That's a really big one. That's important, absolutely. Uh, for us, it's water. Uh, and the Texas heat, we're out there. We get, our, our team gets out there around 3. EPS has been there since the day before, so we it's coolers and water for our people. We've had a lot of people have heat stroke, and we don't yeah. like that. No, <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want that at all. Um, also, we've forgotten, and it does happen, when you have something of a skill, you'll forget some part yeah. of something. Uh, You're always scarred from a previous event. You don't forget that thing oh, again. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, signage, primarily, uh, because it might seem small to one person that oh we forgot this um sandwich board that has this client's information on it but that client paid in and that's a good chunk of their money yeah if if you're uh, like we have very a few very small sponsors this year that didn't pay in a lot but they're they were able to get in yeah and that sandwich board is part of their money and and if you forget that that's something that they paid for and then and they want it there so absolutely so we've had to send 
coordinators back to the Go station, pick yeah. it up, bring it back, and yeah, yeah you just got to do it. Yeah, it's always that moment where like, we're one sandwich board short. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> which happened. That happened our first blues this season. We, we were like, where did it go? <laughs> oh, no. I've definitely experienced that. Mm-hmm. So what are the main event day logistics? So And like, how early do you start setting up, and what do you have to look after on the day? So EPS starts setting up a, a day or two before. It honestly depends. And um, we also have to keep a lookout for rain. Zilker has a very sensitive policy on rain and the grass because there's a lot of people on that grass and you don't want them on there when it's muddy so even if it doesn't rain the day day of of, we could still call it because of rain which has happened before and people were upset people don't understand yeah yeah it's like we're not allowed to ruin the park exactly (laughs) the park's more important so um there's that also i think our team gets there at three but before we go we're all at the station and we double check we do a load in the, also the day before with EPS with some of the big stuff like signage, but then we bring in other things the day of like the beer and the water and any sort of soft drinks that we have back in the hospitality area and sandwich boards and and very sensitive cardboards that get like dented. Okay. Um, we bring that day of, um, we get there around three, set all of that up, make sure that that's all delegated out, look at our map check in with our clients, make sure they have everything. And if they forgot something, do we have it? Can we provide that? Does EPS have it? Do we need to send someone to go get that? That can range to a series of things. Also, we've made party city trips because a client wanted to have a photo booth and they didn't have props. So we sent okay. someone out to get that. Nice. <laughs> so all of that, it is different every single year because you have different clients, but yeah. you stay flexible. And we have a really great team this year that's just willing to drop everything and, and yeah. go. So, okay. uh, so you mentioned about like the um, the rain and things like that. What other things do you have to consider in terms of weather? Someone mentioned to me that you've pushed the start time back a little bit because of the hot Austin heat. It, it does make more sense, and people can see better at night because yeah. the state is the stage is lit. We've never had a cold snap, so I don't know about that. <laughs> but, but with heat, I do think we try and remind people we do have on stage announcements that we do have ice provided for HEB in the back and water so people know that there's that. I think Austinites are pretty good about knowing, okay, we're going out to Zilker, it's really hot, I need to bring water or I need to bring something for water. And uh, one of our sponsors, We Are Blood, has a free water bottle that you can get there and then just walk over to HEB and get your ice and then you can go to our water coolers and fill that up. So other than the heat, I think that's, that's the big environmental thing other than, and then the unpredictable Austin weather with random rain. Oh, absolutely. Oh gosh. (laughs) I've I've been adjusting to that. I'm like, what is this? You just never know. And and it can rain really hard for 10 minutes and then it goes away. But we might still be open because the ground wasn't that saturated. Yeah. Yeah. So, So choosing the right location for an outdoor event is really important and there's a lot of factors to consider from um, parking to accessibility and availability of infrastructure. So what uh, should event organisers be thinking about when choosing a location and why was Zilker a good uh, spot for this event? Uh, Zilker because of the amount of people that have been starting to come and Zilker because they've been really great to us by keeping it free. I would consider do you want to pay for a spot does it have the parking that you need for the amount of people that you want there? Or if you're just starting out, is it okay to forego the size for something smaller that's going to be in a better central location that people walking by can see? Oh my gosh, what's that? That looks like fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something more tailored to what your event actually is. And Zilker fits us because we do have other venues that could handle that amount of people, but it's not quite the same of bringing a blanket out. Yeah. It's really central. 
um, a lot of people can scooter in or lift or Uber yeah. in, and it's pretty easy to come in and out of it. I know the the traffic afterwards, a lot can, of people complain about, yeah, yeah. but considering uh, there are worse places to have that yeah, at, yeah, yeah. and Mopac's right there, so it's really easy yeah. accessibility to yeah. the highway. So yeah. Any big event you go to is always going to oh, be getting yeah, out. It's yeah, it's, it's a given. Happen. So even though uh, Blues on the Green is a free event, with limited parking available, you came to Ticketbud to organise your ticketed parking, so um, people can get their parking passes online in advance. Can you talk about the decision to do that and why it's important when managing an event to prepare people ahead of time for things that might be a pain point like parking so that they're aware of what's... Yeah, so uh, traditionally a lot of people have been parking on the neighbourhoods along Zilker and we don't want that because those are people's homes and the last thing we want is to anger the, the actual Austin population that we love and that we're doing this for. So we're really lucky that the city has been able to give us these lots, very similar in Trail of Lights, and that's who referred us to TicketBud. We found, oh, that's really convenient that you can buy them ahead of time. You know who's coming, and if you need a refund, you can do that. And if uh, I'm there day of with my phone on me, with my TicketBud app open, with people saying like, hey, I can't make it. Can I transfer it to someone else? I'm like, yes, let me take your information. That convenience of it gives you a lot of peace of mind rather than having to to just be like, where is it? Where do I go? Because again, Ticket Pro- TicketBud provides a map. You can see, okay, this is where I have to go. There's only one way in, one way out. There's a plan. And if you can't make it, it's a lot easier to get that back to you. And spur of the moment, it's a lot of just, I had friends before when I was in college spending an hour looking for parking for those. <laughs> so that, what a I'm piece like, of mind. You know you're going just to like, get by it. Exactly. You know you're exactly. Into a car. <laughs> Pre scooter, too. So yeah, yeah. you're walking there. Yeah. I, I just, I, it's definitely helpful to know that, okay, I have this peace of mind no matter what, I have a spot. Yeah. And it's really close to the park and. That's yeah. that. So, can you uh, share a little about what, share a little bit about what goes into organizing sponsorships for this kind of event? Absolutely, uh, we start doing that immediately. So that's one part that we actually do. So the cycle of a sponsorship life, um, we have packages uh, in different tiers. So we have some for just a booth, some for food in a booth, some for a little higher up that gives a little bit more space for second tent and more radio promos, more um, social network stuff. So a sponsored post on Facebook or Instagram. And then we have platinum sponsors that have a really high buy-in that are featured on our scrims on stage and that have, basically we tailor every sponsorship package. So last year, I think we had about 25 different packages. There were, some were tailor-made, some were just flat out platinum, what you could do. Our account executives present that to their potential clients. The the clients then sign, and immediately we start telling them about the requirements if it's a food vendor, what they need to do if it's a platinum sponsor, what kind of activation that they want. For example, the past couple of years we've had Texas Lottery, and right when the first song starts, we have these giant blow-up balls that we let out into the crowd. Oh, I love it. And it's great. It's great. Some people don't because you're sitting there enjoying your romantic sunset with your honey, and boom, you get you get blasted with a Texas lottery ball. If I get the lucky ball, do I win something? <laughs> oh, we thought about that, too. I was like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Number nine, number yes. nine. 
<laughs> exactly, but that but you see the magic of that when the first song comes out and all these balls are but you don't see the moment we get to the park we're blowing up the balls behind the stage. <laughs> and it's ten of us sit like standing like spread eagle trying to get you these large of, balls. So they run away. Exactly. Yeah. Oh um, so we take those those costs into account yeah. if if that's what the client wants to do. Then there a few weeks before we make sure we have the health permits that we need for our food vendors or food and, and um, food and be- beverage yeah. vendors. And then after all is said and done, probably I'm not complaining. I love my job, but the most <laughs> tedious part is I do um, sponsorship group recaps. Yeah. So I send them a uh, PowerPoint basically that breaks down everything we did on air, on our pages and on site with pictures and organic marketing that might have happened. We include all of that for each and every sponsor and also affiliates, including uh, KLRU is getting our donations this year. So make one for them. Um, All of that is kind of the end and at the very end of our recap we have something that is available for them to re-sign for next year if they already know that they want to get in there and they can get first rights and uh, that's the cycle of the sponsorship life okay yeah so a lot goes into that and then i'd imagine you also have to prepare proposals for like new sponsors yes. new sponsors who want to get involved yeah absolutely okay. How do you track all the different obligations for everything? It's like a giant spreadsheet. I do have a giant. I have a giant Excel (laughs) with a tab for every single sponsor that breaks everything down. And some have contests. Some are online. Some are on air. Some have contests on site. They are at Blues, and that's where we try and track all of that. And we did something really nifty where we have on-site requirements on an Excel sheet that I have printed out and put it on the back side of our blueprint of ma- the map. Yeah, yeah. So people can refer back yeah, on funny. each side and you know which each sponsor is doing, where they are, if they need anything special. So, yeah. What sort of other activations have the company's done? Oh my goodness, so much. So uh, we have Tomlinson's, they're a, a pet store, okay. a locally run pet store that they have little doggy pools out for the dogs of oh, that's so that cute. come to Blues in the Green. They can come and cool off a little bit. We have... I'll be hanging out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love dogs. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we have uh, South Texas Ford always has a car that is right next to the stage that we put up on, on a lift. Okay. So you can see, I think we had a Mustang last time. So you can oh, see, ooh, yeah. look at this pretty Mustang. Yeah. You can yeah. get it at South Texas Ford. We have uh, Austin FC. That is not built yet. The new okay, football yes, club. You, yep, yep. Yes, uh, but they're one of our platinum sponsors oh, this year. Awesome. And I think they were doing a little thing with so- a soccer ball and some cones so people can come up and, oh, and cool. do that. Yep, yep. So there's a lot of different you can choose. And a Clean Cause, which is a yerba mate, had an inflatable. So you, we can, whatever people lots want. Of different. Yes, last year we so had. Did you work with them to come up with ideas or just. Uh, usually it's the account yeah. executive. Yeah. Sometimes the account executive comes to us down in marketing and is like, hey, what can we do that we haven't done before? This is the client. This is what they're selling. Um, this is their budget. And yeah. we can come up with things oh, for that's them. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's the fun part of the job. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So can you talk us through the uh, marketing strategy and promotion for Blues on the Green? We recently rebranded from KGSR to Austin City Limits Radio. Okay. And with that change in in just what our brand means, uh, excites us because it is more, it, it's just so Austin now we're a part of this okay. amazing legacy. 
and now Blues is a part of that amazing legacy. Yeah, yeah. So so it's an, another branch of the family and rebranding that. Uh, we're really trying to push Instagram yeah. recently. Uh, that new We had a quite large following on Facebook, but we weren't doing much with Instagram until these past couple of years. We got a, a great digital team that's kind of been pushing that out okay. and uh, making it so people can find us easier yeah because the blues and the green handle on instagram has already been taken someone took it they beat us to the punch so everything's now through austin city limits radio okay and um a lot of people don't even know that there's a radio station attached to blues on the green yeah and it has been and and a lot of people go oh i just thought it was a concert series that the city did yeah it's like no we a radio station puts that on um trying to get that out those are the the big hurdles yeah okay um, and promoting the event, obviously, through the radio station, what other um, channels do you promote through? Uh, we don't use, actually, we don't use any other of our stations okay. to push that out. It's only on ACL Radio, but one of our platinum clients this year is Fox Austin. Mm-hmm. So now Scott Fisher in the morning, the meteorologist, has been like <laughs> mentioning Liz on the Green, and he comes on and does stage announcements for us. So yeah. that's helped a lot. Um, we, with our rebranding from KGSR to ACL Radio, we have a new logo. And so getting um, like stickers and pins and a, our favorite, we love this in our marketing department, where we have patches they can get for free at our tent. What sort of patches? So they're patches you can put on a jean jacket. And oh, every okay. show we have a different one. Okay. So it's a collectible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but our logo's on that. So people okay. can now start associating the yeah, event yeah. with us and who we are and, and our long tradition. Okay. Well, the next uh, Blues on the Green event is Wednesday, July 17th, and then the final concert is August 7th. For those in Austin, grab your family, friends, dogs, and blankets and join us for Blues on the Green. I'm going to be down there. If you plan to drive uh, and park near Zilka, don't forget to grab your ticket and your uh, your parking pass ticket uh, from Ticketbard. Parking opens at 6 p.m. and the show starts at 8 p.m. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having you. me. <laughs> Until next time, this is Ticketbud Tidbits.